Welcome to episode 71 of Movies in 4K. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And not only is this a fan-requested bonus episode, but is our 100th movie review and grading of 4K movies, Lady Phantom. Thunderous applause. Yes, wow, that's cool. that's big. We are the source of 4K movies, are we not? <laughs> of course we are. Okay, this movie goes out to Tony Smith, who actually requested three at the same time. All older movies, and he wanted to know our opinion if the 4K versions of these 80s movies are worth the upgrade to 4K. He has not upgraded them yet. He's waiting for our opinion and advice whether that purchase is worth it if it's better than Blu-ray or DVD, whatever he's already got. He will soon find out. Yes, you will, Tony. So thank you for all the requests. This one goes out to you and everybody else out there. Let's get this underway. From 1984, we are covering tonight Beverly Hills Cop, a recently released 4K edition. Rated R runs for an hour and 45 minutes, Lady Phantom. Four genres we got action, comedy, crime, and thriller. I request the dropping of thriller. Yes, definitely. I'm almost want to drop action, too. There is yeah. some action scenes, but this is a crime comedy yeah i mean there is we'll let you know there's some action scenes in here there's some gun battles very little though actually one conclusion but this is not an action heavy movie in oh any no not at all imagination it's more on the crime drama comedy aspect yeah so, so are we including drama then nah i don't think okay. so okay <laughs> But, you know, I just wanted to say that. We'll just stick with comedy and crime on this one. You know, it stars Eddie Murphy, but was directed by who? Martin Brest. Do you who, know this guy? Who also directed Scent of a Woman Ooh. and Micho Black. And I'm surprised. Like, they couldn't be more different movies. That is one Al Pacino movie I do not like. And I know that won an Academy Award or something. Why not? Because of the woo Yeah, I just wasn't <laughs> a fan. I thought there was some overacting going on there. And I, I just thought it was okay. didn't appeal to me, that movie. All right, so we got a guy. But that scene where they dance is amazing. That, that scene I love. Okay, who stars in this film, Lady Phantom? Eddie Murphy, Judge Reinhold, whose name is not Judge, by the way. I didn't know that. John Ashton, Lisa Elbacher, Ronnie Cox, Stephen Burkoff, and Jonathan Banks. And uh, there's a guy, Gilbert R. Hill. He plays Eddie Murphy's uh, boss, and he was actually a police officer. Oh, that's good. He acted it, and you could tell probably, too. Yeah. It's almost like Arlie Ermey. You know yes. he was in the military. 
funny she's just rattling off co-stars in this that really don't have a major role but who she did forget who became a popular star he's only in it five minutes is paul reiser oh that's right yeah he he's just there for a second and the the, the first movie damon wayans ever did correct yes and <laughs> it was Lady funny phantom i'm just going to ask you this before we get into it do you see how much of Damon Wayne's characters he's portrayed that imitated Eddie Murphy here? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much after you've seen Damon Wayne's career now, how much he basically copied. Yeah, and not Eddie only Murphy. him, I think many actors actually took their sticks or their mannerisms from him. Yeah. I would agree. All right, what's that synopsis say? A freewheeling Detroit cop pursuing a murder investigation finds himself dealing with a very different culture of Beverly Hills. Nice little sentence. Yeah. So this movie starts with Eddie Murphy undercover. You don't know he's a cop in the beginning, but <laughs> you know this movie. Come on. This is, what, 40 years old almost here. So it's not a spoiler because it's the first five minutes. Well, I still didn't. I, I hadn't seen this movie. Oh, and yeah, I still didn't see. know. I was like, well, maybe he turned into a cop. Even with the box cover, Lady Phantom? Yeah. You Oh, okay. All right. Well, then mild spoiler, we'll say here. <laughs> it's okay. He's setting up a couple thieves here. He's got a truckload of cigarettes. And he's trying to make a deal, get these guys. Now... Like Phantom said, you don't know in this movie right then, but this little is a little action scene. There's a lot of car damage here yeah. of a truck driving through the city. And a lot city. of cigarette damage. True. And you come to find out that he's undercover, but not by his department. He's taken upon himself to do these things. And the force he works for in Detroit is kind of tired of his shenanigans. He's like always getting into trouble. He's always not playing by the book, but he's a good-hearted guy and is going after criminals, but not legally. Yeah, he is, he's a, a freewheeling cop. <laughs> yes, and funnily enough, the strife in the times now, like this guy would be seriously frowned upon now. Yeah. But... He does have good intentions. He's just not inclusionary with his sergeants and lieutenants and everything. He takes it upon himself, and he is cocky, and he does think he knows it all. He's a new cop. They never say how long, but he made detectives, so he had to be there four or five yeah, years Yeah, for a at few least. years at least. Yeah, but he does whatever he wants. Like, they tell him, don't do this, and he goes and does it, so. Right. His commissioner tells him, or captain, whoever the guy is, the one who said is an actual officer or was, mm -hmm. tells him one more thing and you're gone. You're done. So when he heads home, he meets a childhood friend that he hasn't seen in many years. He was actually in prison, and he finds out he's holding these barabons, these German barabons, and he don't want to take any part of it. He don't want to know nothing about what he's doing. And I should say that Eddie Murphy, his friend, and the woman friend that comes into play in this movie, they're all childhood friends, yeah. and they were all 
bad kids, let's say. They were always getting into trouble. Together. They did illegal things. They stole cars and things like that mm-hmm. during their life. Now, Eddie Murphy, even though he didn't really grow up, he made something out of himself, and so did the woman. But this guy that comes to his house that actually broke in did not. He's still leading the life of crime. Yeah. Okay, so we get a little scene here, and this isn't a spoiler either, but we do got to say it because this whole movie is based on this one thing that happens. His friend gets killed. Yeah. And the whole justification of this whole movie is he has to go out to California because that's where this guy was working from, and he came back to Detroit to escape stealing, basically. So Eddie Murphy has to go out to California and investigate this. Yeah, and not only does he get killed, he gets killed at Eddie Murphy's place. Correct. Like they are coming back from drinking or something, and uh, the friend is completely wasted. Eddie Murphy says, okay, wait, 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 like, like I'm going to open the door. And then these two people come and punch Murphy and like they knock him out and they kill the friend. Right. You see it, they show it. It's not gruesome or violent or anything like no. that. But right after this scene, you see all the cops there investigating and his captain tells him you are not part of this because he's on thin ice here. He don't want any involvement with uh, Eddie Murphy in this. And Eddie Murphy says, well, I need a vacation. Yeah, yeah, a vacation. But the thing is that because of this, this is very personal to him. It was, I mean, it's not only that it was his friend that got killed, but I mean, he was right there. So it is pretty personal. Right. So he heads to Beverly Hills in California there. And this is where it says in the synopsis there with the culture. You're talking about the dredges of Detroit, really bad areas. And he's going to one of the nicest locations in the United States. Yeah. Where everybody's rich pretty much and... There's some funny things, and I just want to pick out some things. I don't want to walk this through, but like when Eddie Murphy's in the cop car, he says, God, your cars are so clean. Because he, he gets arrested for something. Right, and, he, and everybody's wearing nice clothes, and Eddie Murphy looks the same throughout the whole movie. He's just in jeans and a raggedy T-shirt and drives an old beat-up car. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of jokes with this culture difference. Yeah. And it plays a really key, pivotal moments in this movie, not only with the laughs, but also with the procedurals that are different in Beverly Hills and Detroit. But again, remember, he's this hotshot detective who does things not by the book, even though he's got great intentions you know, he'll break into a building, which you know you need search warrants and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's no doubt that you could say law enforcement is hamstrung by some things that take longer when you do have actual evidence. You know, they can't just run in and go search a building, and this is going to be strife throughout history here. So it actually comes into play, and it's interesting, and I'm interested to hear other people's comments on this with the day and time we're living in right now how they're changing all these laws now and stuff 
what people are going to think about this movie nowadays. Yeah. You know, because it is a lighthearted movie, but it does go into procedural and things that have to be done properly for legality reason because they don't have any rights just to bust down any door or break into any building, Lady Phantom. Right. For example, I mean, in my case, this is the first time I've ever watched this movie. And uh, so I'm also looking at it from that point of view, from what I know from the world today. And honestly, this is not really anything that calls my attention in any way. I don't think it's serious in any way or that it's interesting in that aspect. Okay, well, then let's just talk a little bit more about the story here. He meets the woman that he's childhood friends with, tells him that their buddy died. And she works for this rich art dealer who the friend actually worked for. She got him the job mm-hmm. because he's a criminal. So this guy, Victor Maitland, helped her out, giving him a job. And Eddie Murphy's, you know, he's just investigating and trying to figure out information. All the while, the Beverly Hills Police Department are staking out Eddie Murphy because there's one scene here where he gets thrown through a window and there's six witnesses that say he did it when actually he was thrown out yeah, and the by si- Victor Maitland and six. The six witnesses henchmen. were the people that actually threw him out. Right. And who would you believe? They make a state. Who would you believe in that situation? Yeah, the people yeah. who are like, it's their place of work and they are hired by the boss in that place or some random guy. Right. They find out he's a cop. So they put two detectives on him. One is Judge Reinhold, who I really like this guy. And yeah. You had made a statement before. Fam- like, he just seems like a genuinely very nice, good person. Yeah, he does. It's like, he's always... Even when he's not smiling, it, it's kind of he has a he's smile got a face. a friendly face, yeah. And he just seems authentic. Yeah, I really like him. He's a, In every movie I've seen him in, he plays that same character. And I think because he is playing 90% of himself most yeah. of the time. You <laughs> yeah, know, he true. just seems like that. Yeah. And then Sergeant Taggart is the other one that's over them. But... Eddie Murphy has to lose their tail when he's going out and doing these illegal things and researching, and he puts them in trouble several times. But you can see during the movie, they're starting to get some respect for him because in the beginning, they can't stand this kid because mm-hmm. he's wise mouth, cursing a lot, you know, putting them down in many respects. So they're not fond of this guy at all. They all start to get affection with the, each other as cops and as friends. And that really shows in this movie. And it's one of the aspects I really appreciate in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You can see how they grow to, if not really like, they grow to respect each other. And yeah, I mean, the, the Judge Reinhold character, he, like, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he is adorable. 
<laughs> yes. And, and he really likes him. <laughs> and the funny thing uh, is, Lady Phantom, is it keeps going up the chain of command. At first, we just have Sergeant Taggart. Uh-huh. And then yeah. we get the lieutenant. And then we get the chief. And they all can't stand this guy when they first meet him. And they've heard what he's done and everything like that. But they get an appreciation the more this movie goes on because he is a really good cop. And matter of fact, there's even one scene in here where he makes an arrest, stops a crime from happening in a strip club, and it was all his doing. Like, he was so advanced over these Beverly Hills cops. Like, they had no idea what was going on. Yeah, he could spot where something bad was going to happen, and they were completely oblivious. And But they know that this is, I mean, they know where to look because he points them at that right and i will say there's another running joke in this when these little crime acts go down here and there's an arrest or something eddie murphy lies about it to make the officers look good in beverly hills but they're so honest they can't do it and it's a running joke in this movie well that comes to play and I thought it was a very good spin-off, if you want to call it. That happens in this. It was a nice wrapping of the of that running joke. It, it it wrapped very nicely and with very nice acting, I thought. Yeah, I agree. All right, that's the story. They're after this criminal undermine that's running everything and he's not who he appears to the city. I really like this guy. I think you said you didn't, Phantom. I thought I he played like a his great voice. villain. I don't like his he voice. He sounds like Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, but I, I just think that it's... I mean, Anthony Hopkins' voice is very special. But this guy, for some reason, I felt that he was faking the voice. I'm sure he wasn't, but I felt like that. And uh, I found out he was in Octopussy 007, oh. which was the movie that made me actually fear clowns so i don't like him by principle <laughs> okay yeah so they're just going after this guy you know he's bad the first time he comes on screen and then you just keep learning more this guy's into so many criminal empires basically yeah i mean the guy just need a mustache to twirl right and he's really rich he's got a nice mansion there and they end up there and a big tan and I think you can see where this movie's going as you watch it. It's got a feel-good story. It's not super serious by any stretch of the imagination, but there is some intense acting at times in this when people got to really suck it up and be serious. They pull it off, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Except, there's a, there's a I, couple scenes. Yeah, yes. there, there was this scene that I loved because Taggart, he, he, I mean, something happens in the scene and he's just like grabbing his nose and looking down. And I immediately said, he is fighting laughter. I mean, you could tell he was laughing. Yes. But it, it was disc, hilarious. This disc needed bloopers because I could only imagine how many was in this movie. These are the ones I love to see bloopers, these comedy movies. Because yeah, especially because. They just can't stop laughing. Yeah, I found out that they basically Taggart and Eddie Murphy, of course. And I don't know if Judge Reinhold, I'm not sure. But they improvised all their, com their, their comedic lines. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, this movie 
got a, an Oscar for best screenplay. Did it really? Wow. I read that and for the life of me, I can't understand why. I mean, it's not why? a bad script. I mean, it's not a bad script, but it's not Oscar worthy in any way. But Phantom, I don't think you're giving it enough credit. Yes, it's not a serious crime drama, but the story's actually really intelligent and the things that Eddie Murphy gleans from his mission to find out what's going on, you would never have thought it was this complex. No, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I don't think it's Oscar worthy. Good. That's well, it. Well, I don't know about that because <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Oscars per se anyway. I, don't know. I it's think just they're so self congratulatory. True. But, but she's underestimating how good the story so was. So many great screenplays that haven't won. So, yeah. Yeah, but what are you penalizing? But I don't even You're know if it won or if it was nominated. So let's get off this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's your story there. Cops going after bad guys, basically, with this little twist of him being from Detroit and a fish out of water, basically, and having to act a certain way around people. But he don't. He doesn't conform. He sticks to his guns, and he gets other people in trouble. But without him, this case never would have been solved. If it was, it would have been years in the making. Yep. And put it at that. Right. All right. Throw some technicals out here, Lady Phantom. Start with the acting. Great all the way around. I really appreciate Eddie Murphy. I think he's a really good actor, personally. I've seen him since I was preteen. I've watched his stand-up. Was he on Saturday Night Live? I believe he was. Okay. I'm not familiar with him then. But every movie I can think of... I've really had a fun time with, except coming to America. Not a fan of that. I, I just don't like the movie. But ever, Nutty Professor, I even like 48 Hours with Nick Nolte, all the Beverly Hills Cops. What was the one with Dan Aykroyd and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis? Changing Places, great movie. I really like this guy. I think he really pulls off his character he needs to in his movies. What do you think? I think he's okay. I mean, I like him. I haven't seen him in much, really. I did like The Naughty Professor and The Naughty Professor 2. That was pretty well, decent, too. you love too. Shrek. Yeah. I mean, he was okay, but he, I mean, he was Eddie Murphy playing Eddie Murphy just in a donkey. But he was fine. I mean, it, it suited that movie specifically. But that's him. That's his character. So yeah, why yeah, are you I know. faulting him for And uh, am I faulting him? Well, he does do that laugh a million times in this movie. I, and if you don't like it, it would be annoying. I didn't like it. Okay, so that did bother I you. didn't like it. And, uh, oh, Norbit. That movie I abhorred, actually. It's one of the movies that he did when he started playing a thousand characters a movie. And he, I hated that movie. But I mean, I think he's fine. I think he's a very talented actor. I think everyone in this movie was very decent. I don't think the acting was stellar, but I, I just don't, I don't think it was. I don't call it, no, it's not going to win any awards, but did you buy all the Beverly Hills cops, each character? Yes. That's what you have to. Yes, I did. Did you buy Jenny? Yeah. Did you buy the villains? 
And I'm saying, I mean, that bad guy really, he only needed, as I said, a cat to stroke and a mustache to twirl. He was like so the the, the villain, but he was yeah, fine. Yeah, but I enjoyed him because he talked in such slow, methodical ways, Lady Phantom. And I don't like these villains that are screaming and look so perverse and everything. Oh, no, no. He they are annoying. He was a rich guy, very calm thought-provoking before he talks. I really liked this type of villain. And his main henchman, who was a star back in the 70s and 80s, was in a lot of movies. He yeah. always played the bad guy. He's got those eyes and that look. Yeah. It's almost like his bodyguard in this. Yeah, like the, the henchman. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's good. Right. He's really good. He has a very intense look to him. Okay, so we talked about the screenplay. Phantom just thought it was mediocre. I'd say it was really good. I thought the writing was good. The dialogue was good, and it makes I it didn't even better. I say mediocre. See how you invent things? I said it was good. I just don't think Oscar nomination worthy. That's it. All right. I think it was better than good. Because the story really wraps around. And since you haven't seen any, this goes on. I think there's three of them. And they're all pretty good movies. It's more of the same. If you like this movie, you'd like the other ones. Like, there's not one that, oh, my God, that's so bad. Usually when you have mm -hmm. sequels, they get worse. No, it's just more of the same. Okay. So it worked for the 80s time. Like, it really worked. It was really fun. I think it was a pretty cool concept. So I really like the story and the dialogue. And now that Phantom said that a lot of it was ad lib, that even makes me like it more because that's pretty impressive because I would have never said that. It is. And those were the, the lines. Many of those lines were the ones that made me laugh or chuckle. But honestly, I don't think this movie is extremely funny. All right. Okay. Let's move into camera work and cinematography because there is some action scenes here and some wide angle shots. What do you think? The the first scene with the truck full of cigarettes, I think that's very well choreographed. That was very well done. Yes, and you people, could tell that that they do not destroy cars like they did in the seventies and eighties anymore. They went through probably thirty different cars in this. Yeah. You know, with this 18 wheel truck well it actually wasn't an 18 wheel it was a big box truck uh-huh and very good stunt work too because i mean there is this guy that is supposed to be eddie murphy and you never know otherwise exactly. there that was is like hanging from the truck and that's very right good there when he got thrown out the window and also lady yeah. phantom when they're being shot at at the mansion when you see the three go run behind the barrier i thought it was them it's not yeah. But it really looks like them, yeah. doesn't it? That's impressive. Yeah. They pull it off completely. And talking about that scene with the with the glass, like when they throw him out, I was like, wait a minute, that's your building. Why do you break the glass? That was so unnecessary. But I told <laughs> Phantom it's coming into the story. If she would have waited three more minutes, she would have no, understood. No, I mean, I understand that, that it works because, you know, this guy did this and everything. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it is clever. Because, yes, and it's almost, yeah. it's funny because Terminator, what year was that, Lady Phantom? The Same Arnold year, Schwarzenegger I think. scene. It was 84, Where too. he comes out of a window just like that, like it's so similar. Yeah. I don't know if one 
director or something said, oh, that was a cool scene. It couldn't have it. been. It's the same year. They would have had been in production at the same time. Okay. Well, that's kind of uh, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very good coincidence then yeah. to have an exact same scene like that. I think somebody knew somebody else and said, hey, that Arnold scene looked really good. <laughs> Won't we do this? That looked cool, man. You should try right. it. I wouldn't put it past them. You yeah, know maybe. people know each other, especially this time. You got to remember in the 80s, there was nowhere near the movies released as there is nowadays. Yes. So when there was a theater release, it was big business. Yep. Yep. You know, and everybody yes. knew about it. It was in all the papers. You couldn't help but know about the movie, even if you didn't go see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I read also that Eddie Murphy, he wears this shirt from an actual school in Detroit. And after the release of the movie, the school got orders from all over the world but that for that shirt. That's awesome. cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go into the sound because it's a complete 80s track i'm an 80s prodigy i loved every piece of music in this and it's all music there's yeah there's sound effects of things breaking but there's not like a score it's a soundtrack all popular music it's good i thought it was repetitive did you really yeah what the it, heat is on song no 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 it's uh, the other the one that, F? the i don't know yeah the the instrumental yes I think it's pretty much the same, not necessarily the same song, but it's the same kind of music all the time. So I thought it was very repetitive. Really? I think you needed to see this in the 80s then because this worked so well to me. I mean, probably, yeah. You got Bob I mean, Seeger, you got Pointer Sisters, Glenn Fry. Oh my God, so many cool big 80s. Yeah, I mean, stars. no, I, I understand, but. Yeah, I thought, I mean, watching it now, I thought it was a little repetitive. And uh, also I noticed, and I'm, I'm giving the same negative to this as I did to Jaws. Like there are like moments that are supposed to be a little tense, but they have this lighthearted music. And I understand that this is a lighthearted movie, but I just don't think it fit. Really? So, yep. So I disagree with Phantom. We're okay. going to be on up. It ends here because I think everything worked. And I will say there's a scene when it gets super tense and the music completely stopped. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really well done. That is a good trick. When they make the music disappear, sometimes in tense scenes, it helps the scene become even more tense and it does work. All right, Lady Phantom. Did this bring you back to the 80s with the clothes and Not the look and the hair? No. Oh, well, yeah, with the clothes and the hair, sure, but yeah. You didn't reminisce at all while you was watching it? Oh, no, because I, I didn't watch this. I'm not saying with this movie, but didn't bring it back. Oh, around in the 80s, well, I was, used to do, I had this haircut or like the sneakers that he's wearing with the stripes. I forget. I think they're Converse. I could be wrong, but I had them exact same sneakers. Yeah, no, you're wrong. They were not Scott. They were not Converse. Okay. I think Adidas or something okay, like that. Okay, something like, but like things like that, it's not. Like, it didn't bring yeah, me back this mood. It's like, oh, I had that. Oh, yeah, I remember these jeans. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, because, I mean, the way people wore their jeans, for example, at that time is very specific. 
And also there was a scene in the hotel where Michael Jackson gets brought into the equation and then he goes out into the street. These two guys, they are wearing the, the thriller right. suit, one in black, one in red. And that was neat to see. Well, that's what sure. I asked. And you said no right up front. You just well, named three circumstances. You yeah. reminisce. It takes you back. You were very alive at this time. I <laughs> <laughs> I was very much alive. And you got to remember. But I was very much a child, too. I was only But 10. you're way more impressionable as a child. You remember way more things between 5 and 15 than you do between 30 and 35. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, she didn't have that feel. I'm ready to rate and recommend this. Go ahead. All right. I'll start. This is an 8. This is a really good comedy i enjoy it thank you finally tony for picking something i like and just to talk about phantom's repetition for a second which we bashed that star wars theme this ain't nowhere near on the same planet as repetition as that so we have that but this is an eight this is a really fun movie this is a buy i think this should be purchased it's a really fun time lighthearted make some popcorn especially if you lived in the 80s it's really enjoyable remembering the time and the acting is really good and it's funny and i'm not a big comedic guy i can name probably on one hand how many comedies i like but eddie murphy is really funny in this and so is judge reinhold and so is the pinchette guy who was a tv star back in the day he was the worker in the art studio mm -hmm. like that scene when you're talking about selling some of that i mean i was laughing out loud and it was hysterical and espresso coffee with a wedge of lime yes of lime. and then with the guy with the hair that's sticking out he's like button that up and he's like that's not sexy in the way he's talking with that lingo and like and eddie murph no that's not like it just worked like they played off so well off each other in this movie like it just feels like they had fun making this movie too and i felt fun watching it so eight and a bye to me, this really, I mean, I'm sorry, but it is a very, very average comedy. I think it's far from being the funniest that I've ever seen, but it is fun. I mean, I did laugh. I did chuckle a couple of times because of like ad libs or stuff and the, the way they said it. You know, not really that the line was funny or anything, but it was more like the delivery that was really cool oh great delivery uh -huh. but i mean to me this movie is a five it's just average <laughs> and it's a rent like i saw it once and i have no plans to ever see it again so. all right tony i give you my say that you can bash the phantom on this one because she is nuts that this is an no, average you movie okay for all you out there and tony smith is this 4K worth upgrading if you have the DVD or Blu-ray? And if you don't have it and you're interested in buying it, is it worth the extra whew, 10, 12 bucks that this disc is? Let's start with the visuals, Lady Phantom. Money grab. Yep. <laughs> this movie is 
so uh, I don't know if they dedicated three seconds to produce it for 4K. It's grainy. It's not 300 grainy by no means, but it is very, very grainy. And especially at the beginning of the movie, because at some point I think I lost that, but at, especially at the beginning of the movie, so blurry, so well, blurry. Well, we've stated this before on these older releases, if it wasn't pitch perfect at the time of filming, 4K really highlights out-of-focus shots. And there was many in this. Yeah, I mean, all the first, maybe what, quarter of the movie at least it was so, so blurry. And later on, it continues. But there are scenes where it is not as noticeable. Yes. To me, on this one, the grain got lost after about 15 minutes to me. Mm -hmm. The first scene, actually, I don't know if there was any grain. I think they did do some smoothness and some DNR on this movie. Maybe. Because this ain't nowhere near bram stoker's dracula or 300 like you said but i'm trying to think of a movie back in this time we reviewed bram stoker's that was 90s we got um like alien labyrinth yeah where those are way more grainy than this i don't want that to be overstated too much there is grain there's a mild sheen in most of the movie but they did soften it with some DNR at times. And there's no standout scenes in this for visuals, Lady Phantom. But what I will say, there was a couple scenes when there was two or three people in the frame. They were in a cop car. Happened a couple times when there was light shining in from a certain angle. And you did notice more vibrancy and more detail than you ever would have in VHS or DVD. I did notice that, but not in not in those scenes, but in scenes in broad daylight, like when they were outside, maybe outside of the cop car or something. But it's, and especially where you saw greenery around them and trees or something, it did look vibrant. But goodness, if it happened three times in the movie, it was right. too much. You got to remember, everybody out there, this is eighty four. This is before DVD. This yeah. is VHS days. Then, you know, this had it on Laserdisc. The fans will know this. Had it on Laserdisc, VHS, probably beta. Then they got the DVD and then a couple Blu-ray releases. And now we're on this. Yeah. But this movie definitely is dated. And they kept it really filmic. They did not try to modernize it any which way. This is a money grab. It does look better. You know, this looks better than it looked in 84. Yeah. But it looks better at an expense of being more blurry, too. Yeah. Now, this has no HDR. I don't care what is put on that. Maybe in the Paramount logo, the star might have had 300 nits. But in this movie, the only thing, and I tried to pick out scenes, Lady Phantom. There's a couple times on the cop car when the lights were flashing and there's like five of them driving down a street, you noticed a little shine on the chrome. Uh-huh. But it's so minute, I had to be studying it and watching like track a car and they get out and you might notice a little shine. 
H. There's no HDR utilization mm -hmm. in this. No. Wide color gamut. <laughs> None. No. This is not vibrant. You used the word vibrant, I think, wrong. No, no, no. It, I'm just talking about like, a, like one or two scenes where they are in broad daylight and you can see the, the trees that are really green. And I did feel you that would they put the word vibrant on it because to yes. me, the tones were muted throughout. This yeah, whole but movie. if it happened twice, it was too much. That's the problem. Like I okay. could see a very, very bright green in those trees and something. And in the, for example, that Michael Jackson suit, it looked very bright. But that was it. Yeah, I mean, not, it didn't pop. Not, yeah, not Nothing popping pops. bright. Yeah, like that stood out a little bit more because all the colors were flat nature very colors. murky movie yeah very yeah. murky because that's how the film was back then <laughs> yeah you know it's not that it was colored a certain way this movie to elicit something at a certain time no this is what movies looked like in the early 80s and the 4k brought nothing really it, yeah. it actually hurts it but i am pleased to see a little more detail in some scenes fam, yeah. that I didn't ever get before. I think the scene where you could have gotten something was that strip club scene because they do have like colors, you know, like blues and stuff, but not even that. But it's, what's the movie we just said that that was a standout scene in the strip club? Sicario. Yes. Nothing nowhere near like that. That is the difference. That would be a great side-by-side. -side. I think we'll do it one day because it's the same identical scene in a strip club with a lot of neon lights. You got reds, blues, greens, white highlights everywhere with the darkness. And while it looked good on well, this forecast, it, like, it was average at best. You go to that Sicario scene, oh my God, your mouth drops. Yeah, but that's just a bar. I mean, but anyway, the point is that there are neon lights and, and something should pop. And it was like the one scene that had a chance and it didn't. Would you really want it pop there though? Would it have taken you out? No, I mean, I want something from in 4K. I mean, and I, I just didn't get anything. Don't you think it had to have been utilized in a smart way in this film? Like with chrome, with the police lights, with certain lights hitting a certain aspect, Phantom. Because if that would have popped in there, that scene would have looked so out of place compared to every other part of the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, but in an ideal world, I would have liked HDR to have been used everywhere it could. Yes, and it, it wasn't. Which it wasn't the blacks weren't great in this oh no no they did uh, it's a total money grab they did very little they scrubbed it a little of grain this ain't heavy grain this isn't bram stoker's dracula i thought that's what i was going to get yeah so i'm a little happy with this release actually yeah especially because of how it started like the way it started so grainy and so and so blurry i was like oh here we go i will say another positive this is a true 16 by 9 movie so you have no black bars it's taken up your whole widescreen yeah. tv yes that is a positive all right let's move on to the audio which is dts 5.1 which is the same that's been done on previous Blu-ray releases. It's okay. I mean, you hear every dialogue. You get some surrounds, not many. Very minimal surrounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like very, very few. The music sounds good all around. That's it. Yeah, this is worse than I would have expected. You're taking time, even 
they released it before on Blu-ray and if they used the same DTS-5 track, which I think they did. But if not, correct me out there. But you need to upsample and produce that fullness to today's equipment. Because if not, you just get that hollow lack of depth sound that the 70s and 80s movie had. Nothing done here. Yes, the music sounded like if you put on your stereo right now and listen to a song. Yeah. It sounded the same. Completely disappointed with no surround. Like very yeah. little. And even when the surround you heard a little clink or clang. Yeah, I mean it I'm was thinking, so minimalistic. I'm thinking sound here and I want to make a little comparison, even though maybe it's not exactly the same, but Labyrinth. Labyrinth have fantastic oh, yeah. sound. And music, I mean a big part of Labyrinth is the music. Here, of course, you don't have songs, you know, that characters sing or anything like that. But the music is prevalent in this movie. And the music is another character of yes. the 80s. And you just don't use it. That's it. I would agree, Phantom. All right, let's get to those special features. On the 4K, you get deleted scenes, theatrical trailer, the commentary by director Martin Brest, Behind the scenes, 1984 interviews, and the isolated score track. And all of them are in HD. Like, there's no 4K there. And on disc two, you get the commentary by director Martin Brest, deleted scenes, behind the scenes, 1984 interviews, Beverly Hills Cop, The Phenomenon Begins, a glimpse inside the casting process, the music of Beverly Hills Cop, location map, Theatrical trailer, BHC mixtape 84, and isolated score track. Awesome. I will say I'm making this up. It's coming off the top of my head, but I'm putting myself back in the 80s, Lady Phantom. I could be totally wrong with this, but I think this was one of the best-selling soundtrack albums out. I don't and doubt I think it, it for a lasted second. lasted for a while, too. Like, I don't doubt it for a second. I mean, I knew those songs so well since I was a child, even though I had no idea where they came from. So, yeah, I, I believe that. All right, Lady Phantom. What are you telling Tony? Is this worthy of an upgrade? No, Tony, keep your Blu-ray. This is definitely not worthy. I personally am giving this a D-. minus. It's just a money grab. All right, and I am at a D plus. So we'll be right smack dab in the D. I just want to reiterate, it's not as bad as Bram Stoker's Dracula, if you've seen that. But it's a super dated film, and I do appreciate some of the digital noise reduction because this could have been grainy as poo. Yeah, but you know what? That I don't find it that different because even in Bram Stoker's Dracula, even though... Most of the movie was super, super grainy. There were close-ups and scenes where you True. could see the details in the costuming, in the faces. I could tell how much makeup Winona Ryder was wearing. Yes, I mean, it, there were many scenes that were standouts in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Here, I don't get anything no, like that. No, there's no standout scenes. This is definitely not worth 20 bucks, which we just paid for this. Yeah, and, uh, and there are a few scenes that I wouldn't really call close-ups, but you can see the actors a little bit closer yes. and you don't get any detail whatsoever. Right. 
there is a mild improvement here over some shots but you're getting those blurry effects with that mild sheen of green and no hdr man i can't believe they're putting that slapping that on there without doing anything this is becoming common we don't like it so for you tony and everybody out there this is an unworthy disc keep your blu-ray or dvd and if not don't spend extra money for the 4k get it on the down low because you can get the blu-ray for five bucks out there Miss Phantom, let the fans know what to do if they got their own requests. BillShetty.com and direct yourselves kindly to the guest book. You can sign it there and let us know anything and everything you want from your ideas or thoughts on the podcast to suggestions, recommendations, requests, anything you want. And also there on that website, you can find the links to all the places you can subscribe Remember, I'm on Twitter, LadyPhantom74, where I always tweet when we release something new. And Letterboxd links are also there. Awesome, Phantom. Thanks for that prelude. Or that's not a prelude. That's a, what is it? An, I don't know. An exclude? <laughs> What's the ending of a movie? I don't remember right Come now. Come on, Phantom. What is it? Uh, the ending. Yes, an the conclusion. epilogue. There you an go. Epilogue. There's our epilogue. So for Lady Phantom, I am Bill Shetty. We'll catch you on the next movies in 4K. Bye. <laughs>